for listening to the Life Church Connect series with Pastor Josh Love. For more info about any ministry talked about in this podcast or things going on around the church, check out our website, livechurchofcolumbia.org. Hey, welcome back to Live Church Connect series. Uh, scheduling worked out awesome today, and we got Scott Mercer back with us. Yeah, yeah. And most importantly, we got lead pastor Dean Love here today. Uh, we are excited to get into some vision, some direction, and get to know him personally. So, let's get right into this. Pastor, we all, especially me, being your son, we all know you to be a family man. So knowing that, what are some of the family values, uh, things you've established in your family that have played a big role in how you pastor this church? Uh, things of that nature. What, what has bled over, so to speak, uh, into how you've set up a culture here at Life Church? Well, I believe my fam- uh, family values began right after my born-again experience. Uh, and I have to give God all the glory and credit because uh, prior to that, I was uh, uh, about to lose my family. My wife was about to leave me. I had one daughter. I didn't know n- nothing about being a father or a husband. Uh, but shortly after I got saved, I believe God showed me the genius of family. Uh, that the kingdom of heaven uh, is understood by the relationship of a family. In other words, God, I believe God established family for us to understand and comprehend the Godhead. And uh, so as I began to see and learn that you, you, you can't understand what a father is until you become a father. Yes, sir. You can't understand how to be a brother or a sister until you get siblings. You can't understand the relationship between a husband and wife until you have the wife. So what God began to show me that all these relationships and family was established so I could understand the kingdom of God. That's good stuff. So that's what started early in my life. Uh, in other words, every relationship in the family is a point of reference. Right. Because everything we do is by point of reference. Uh, that's how we judge whether we're fat or skinny or tall or short. I'm 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 really tall around a lot of short folks. Yeah, right. I'm skinny around a bunch of old people. Uh, <laughs> so in comparison, and so the genius of the family has always been so amazing to me that every relationship is a point of reference. Yeah, that every one of us was born into a family, uh, and so that's where my values began. Uh, understanding um, the relationship of a father uh, or the provisions and protections of a father when God gave me my children. Yes, sir. And then from that that point on, I had a point of reference. I didn't have to wonder how my father felt about me, my heavenly father. I didn't have to wonder if he was going to take care of me because I knew if he loved me more than I loved my own children, then it was my point of reference for trusting God. So as a result, I felt like that it was the genius of God to uh, uh, the revelation to pastor a church. Because it is the family of God. That's what we began with. And so I felt like if we brought those values into the church, instead of being institutional, uh, religious, bring the family atmosphere into the body of Christ and there was you can't fail right so my goal as a pastor is I feel like I I learned to be a pastor by fathering my children right yes sir. and I learned the heart of my flock that God has entrusted me with by understanding the father's heart for me yeah. So what, what I'm saying is family is the flesh and bone, flesh and blood example that we have to go by. That if we can understand family, we can understand the kingdom, we can pastor successfully, I can be a successful brother, I can understand siblings in the body of Christ. Yeah. Because siblings, siblings give me my opportunity to negotiate when I was coming up in my home, hmm. just like 
you yeah. guys did with your siblings. Right. Uh, it, 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 it taught us respect for one another and giving and taking. So the family to me, uh, like I said, it was the genius of God for us to have a point of reference of how not only to pastor a church, but how to be a faithful brother and sister in the church. And we need to move on to another segment, but uh, it teaches us how me as a brother in the church ought to look at every sister in the church. That's good. Wow. She's not an object. Right. That's glass of milk roots right there. <laughs> She's not an object. She's not something to be looked upon and lust upon no, no more than I did my sibling sister wow. when I was being raised. Yes, sir. With her, yeah. Uh, so if we can create that, um, being raised with a brother, same way with coming together with brothers in the church, understanding that brothers in a household is about uh, complimenting and uh, negotiation, healthy negotiation. One brother don't always get his way, but neither does the other. That's yeah. good. But here's here's the big thing I think: the fact that we're blood brothers is the power of the relationship. Unconditional love. It's the power of the relationship that I don't care what you do, how you act, I can't change the fact that you're my brother. That's good. You're my brother. So we may fight, and me and my brother did, (laughs) uh, literally a lot. We may fight, but when the dust settles, what we have is a common core a common denominator uh, uh, that we're blood brothers. Right. And that is the greatest strength to the body of Christ. When we come to that place where we have that realization that I can't up, because we're in a disagreement, I can't up and run and leave and I'll go over there. We're brothers. Yeah. And we're sisters. So to me, that's my view of family is that it's the genius of God to help us have a point of reference of how we're supposed to, uh, as Paul said, behave in the body of Christ. I tell you what, I want to ask you this and just, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a curveball here. What, what do you think about, say somebody's coming into the church, just newly saved all the streets, but has never experienced a functioning family? You know what I mean? They've come from their only understanding of a brother is to be misused or their only understanding of a father is he was never there. Or You know what I mean? How does that... uh, I guess the question I'm asking, does that become a almost impossible hurdle when you create a culture of family in a church and you're telling them to join your family? Or do you think it's a... What would be the opposite? Uh, You know what I mean? Something that even draws them in more because they've never had a real family. Absolutely. Matter of fact, this is the reason the body of Christ has got to get it right. Uh, is so that, that we have to have the family culture. Is so that, because now that's the majority. What you just talked about is, right. is the majority from dysfunctional parents, single, you know, single parent homes, uh, absentee fathers, uh, the whole nine yards. Um, this place, the kingdom of God, the body of Christ has got to be the place where they come in and say, wow, this is how it's supposed to work. And here's the genius of that in God. He's put it in every one of us. So you take someone who's never had it, when they walk into it and see it, there's something already oh, yeah. in them. There's a natural yearning, I think. Wow. To already want to experience that or feel that love on that level, and you can't explain it. I love what you just said. There's a natural inborn. It's inerrant. Yeah. It's inerrant because that's the Father's creation. Yeah. It got marred and messed up. And when they taste it or see it, it's right. Wow. They embrace it and go with it. Yeah. Which is uh, the reason I believe Satan has come into the body of Christ and tried to destroy the family atmosphere. We're institutionalized now. We're commercialized. Run them in, give them a sermon, run them out. And we're not taking the time anymore to be the family. Right. Spend the time together. To be the family. And uh, this is a great segment. I'm glad you brought it up because it needs to be talked about and it needs to be uh, brought back to the forefront. I think for some reason we've de-spiritualized it when it's the most spiritual thing you can do. Wow. Yeah. Yes, sir. Is build the family. Uh, Jesus, he came saying, um, you know, I'm not ashamed to call you brother. 
he come to establish the family hood. Wow. And we could go into the church being the mother if y'all had time, but we can't move on. <laughs> right. Uh, do you think that's a just what you're describing now? And, and to me, that's what I hear so much with new people coming in here to church. It's always, you know, it feels like family or it feels like home. And these are the references that people are making. And, and, and now, uh, do you feel like that's one of the reasons small groups or what we call life groups has become kind of a forefront here that that we push and that we you know what i mean that we want so much because what feels more like a family than sitting around the table together i mean i know me growing up under you and now it's something i've established in my own home that the time of sitting down around the dinner table in the evenings is is most important you know what i mean i remember growing up that it didn't matter what was going on when it got evening time and mom cooked a meal, the whole family was going to sit down and we were going to eat together. That's what family did. And now to see that these life groups, these small groups are becoming such a big deal and it's, it's, it's just what we're pushing. And even, you know, even seeing the relationships that are being built right now in our small groups, uh, just, you know, that's what it feels like. It feels like now there's so many more people that you would go spend the weekend with and hanging out their house and eating meals and, and things like that. Well, actually, I think what verifies what you're saying is the most pow- uh, the most powerful thing with the most potential in a body when it comes to spiritual things will be the thing Satan attacks the most. Right. So look at it from that perspective. What is attacked the most? From the family unit of separating us with us people on different sides of the rooms on cell phones now, you know, mm-hmm. separating the dinner table, which is not very important anymore. All, all of that is the proof that the most spiritual, powerful thing wow. you can do is build family. Matter of fact, let's go all the way back to to the book of Acts. What was the church founded on? Yes. They went from house to house, yeah. breaking bread, right. fellowshipping with one another. It's where strength is built. Like uh, like we was talking about a while ago, why? You, you grow from relationships. I can't grow into being a good brother without a sister. Right. So if, if I'm robbed of that relationship, well, I never uh, cultivate brotherhood in me. That's so good. Father's the same way. Yeah. If I'm not blessed with a child, how can I cultivate? So in other words, everything in you is cultivated by relationship. Another great word for that is pollination. You can't plant one fruit tree. You've got to have something for it to pollinate off of one. Mm-hmm. Just like what we're doing right here in this podcast. Just, just share it with one another. And to take that a little step further, the five largest churches in the world was built on small groups. Right. Relationships. Relationships. And let's always keep connecting that. Yeah. Relationship. Small group relationship. That's, yeah. that's, that's what it's all about. And look at our churches today. Right. Cookie cutter. Run them through. Get a word in them. They're out the door. Hello, how are you in a foyer? And you never get to glean or pollinate. Wow. And and cultivate relationships. That's so real. I know I love life groups has become, for me, it's just been, I mean, it's one of those things that every week, you know, you can't wait to get in there because you just leave so recharged and refreshed. And and it's just, I don't know, it's been, it's been such an exciting for me personally just to see that, you know, uh, that we're not just herding them through like cattle, for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? But well, let's let's throw this in here while we own it, and we use this terminology. I don't know if we've used or if y'all have used it uh, uh, outside on podcasts or whatever. Uh, when when you're together, when you're fellowshipping, you're building what I call relational capital. Yeah. And this is why relational capital is important, and what it is. Uh, to be successful in anything, you got to have uh, the old school would say a stake. You got to have capital mm-hmm. to 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 start with, and relational capital is when me and you have spent enough time together that we're building up. We're putting capital in the bank. I'm getting to know you. I'm understanding you. I'm understanding you beyond what's coming out of your mouth. Exactly because you've built some capital. Just by spending time. So there, there's going to come a time in relationships where you do something I don't understand. <laughs> that don't look right. Yeah. 
And that don't make any... Scott, me and you went through this. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Did you? Yeah. Cool. Uh, that when I make decisions you didn't understand or even say things that yeah. other would say, oh my God, he's this, this, and this, you were able to step back and say, oh, no, no. Yeah. You, what you did was you didn't you wasn't uh, building a scenario of what was coming out of my mouth. You reached in your capital and pulled out uh, something that said, "Wait a minute." Yeah, that may have sounded that way, but he didn't mean it. And let's take that a little bit deeper. That I'm human, you're human. We're going to mess up, absolutely, and we're going to say the wrong thing and mean it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if I got enough money in the bank, it's not going to come back insufficient funds. Yeah. You wow. see what I'm saying? So. You're not gonna say, "Oh, insufficient funds." I mean, boom! That's that's a crime. You 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 know now now you're you're a prisoner to yeah. to me. You're you're separated from me, and so that's why it's so powerful to have enough relational capital. That's what families do. Right. I mean, husbands and wives have great big fights. Yeah. But they overcome it. Yeah. Because they built up so much capital. Just think if we did that in the body of Christ. Wow. To me, it's but, that that relational capital is. That's what I'm operating on whenever I have to take the hard moment and come to you and let you know. You see what I'm saying? Another good point, perspective. So I, I, without that, I would be apprehensive mm-hmm. about even going to you. It's mm-hmm. like, man, I don't even know that. Dude. Right. Mm-hmm. And for him to say that, you know. But when I have capital, I can go on that and be like, hey, this mm-hmm. is what happened. Now, what was your heart behind it? And what, what, how can we work this out? And do then, y'all understand the genius of what you're saying? Or do you understand the power that this would uh, make available to the church. Oh, yeah. For instance, yeah. how can you operate in church discipline without capital? You All know right. what church discipline is? That's when I go to a brother who's messing up and say, look, man, you know, uh, yeah. you're, you're really stepping too far outside the boundaries and, and it's headed to wrong. If I ain't got no capital with you, you know what you're going to do? You're <laughs> going to do just what the church does. Right. Dude, you can take that somewhere else, yeah. or you know what? I'll go somewhere else. Yeah, right. yeah. But not. Let's go uh-huh. back to uh, the family. But see, that don't happen when you're really my brother. Yeah. And and if I got capital with you, you're in the back of your mind. You may be mad at me, but in the back of your mind, you're saying he loves me. Right. He wouldn't be even coming in and and food. So what we're talking about has to be brought back to the body of Christ. And life church is far from being the perfect church. But we have this going our way. Yes, sir. We do have this going our way, and we've just started, of course, y'all have done talked about it over the last few months, taking it to the next level. Right. I know I know. for me personally, I, I literally just went through this. And you know what I'm talking about? We had a meeting last week, and something was said in that meeting that just came across wrong totally way. wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we all left the meeting with more questions than answers and mm-hmm. and it was and I knew immediately Holy Spirit was telling me you got to go to him and just ask him about it. Yeah. But you know me, I'm so non-confrontational that I avoid any type of confrontation. So immediately Satan started lying to me and saying, "No, this confrontation is going to stir something. Don't ask a question, don't do anything." And immediately Holy Spirit reminded me that, "No, you've built a relationship with this man that's yeah. strong that enough. The power that it doesn't matter what you ask." He's going to respond out of the fact that you are brothers. And that's exactly what just happened, what we're talking about right now. I got to experience it firsthand. And the conversation, when I finally did just break down and ask the question, it was so good. And at the end of the conversation, there was just love and there was respect and there was honor because I was willing to invest in that relationship and say, hey, man, I didn't understand this. Why would you say this? And he was able to explain it. And communication, Scott's big thing right now, Mm -hmm. cleared the whole thing up. So so you can see the power of it, the fact that if I wouldn't have, there would have always been that there. Yeah. There would have always been a, yeah, I love you, but what about this thing you said? But now there's not. There's no questions. There's just certainty. well, uh, you know, it's, it's funny as your church grows and you operate on different levels with the size of your church. And and I've heard the comment before that I, I think I even bought into it one time in my life that, well, you know, we're growing past that family church mentality. Well, if you grow past that, you've outgrown the kingdom. Wow. Yeah. You're not a kingdom-minded church anymore. I understand you. You start operating on a different level, but this is what we got to do, guys. At Life Church, we're we're growing, we're expanding. We got to work hard to make sure we never outgrow 
the family mentality of the church. Wow. And if good. that means breaking it down into smaller sections and age groups, small groups, we will we will have to continue continually be strategic on holding on to the family. Because if you lose that, you've lost the kingdom of God. Right. Yeah. Man, that's real. That's, that's real. So good. Well, we want to move on to a few more things before we, I mean, we've spent a lot of our time just on the first one. That's uh, good stuff, though. So, so good. Uh, I want to ask just a few questions about you, just pastor, how you've gotten here, things like that. First of all, how long have you been pastoring here? And uh, maybe share a little bit of your background, uh, maybe kind of how you got here. Maybe if there's one specific experience you remember that was just kind of a key role in, in you ending up here at Life Church. Uh, just, just, just some of that background. How, how did it end up here? Well, for the sake of time, we'll try to make a long story short, but it was so supernatural by nature of how we came here. Um, because from my background, I was in my hometown that I grew up in. Had several different successful logging businesses, which is what I grew up in, and I loved it. It was my passion. Had that going on, working with my dad. Had a bird nest on the ground, passionate church in my own hometown. My sister, which I'm so close to, biological sister, was my praise team leader. Uh, great church. Um, just had it going our way. Uh, but we were preaching revivals here, there, and yonder. We always did through the year. A good friend of mine had a church in this area, uh, not far from here, seven or eight miles from here. He asked us to come preach him a revival. I'd never been in this area. Uh, we followed our GPS to the location where we was going to preach revival, which led us right down Highway 4 here east. And... Um, like I said, we'd never been in this area before. We drove by this church, uh, and that was uh, 2005 or six. I'm not sure. I don't remember the, the, the year. But anyway, uh, when we drove by this church, the Spirit of God filled our car. Wow. I mean, I don't mean to be wooey. I'm just telling you. Right. So to the fact, me and my wife just riding, and I said, oh, my God, did you feel that? She said, yes. And we both turned and looked at this church, and I said, something great's happening at that church right there. I said, I don't know who that is or what's going on, but something great's happening. She said, wow. So we went on preached a revival for this guy, uh, went back to Texas, didn't think nothing about it. Um, Sometime later, may have been a few years, he called me again and said, why don't you come preach another revival for me? I said, sure, man, would love to. Uh, he said, but I've moved churches. And I said, well, give me the address. So he gave us the address, and the closer we got here, uh, got coming into Columbia, I said, you know what? That sounds like the address of that church. <laughs> come on. Where the Spirit of God came in our car. And sure enough, when we pulled up in the driveway, we thought, this is going to be a really good revival. Mm. I mean, God gave us witness that this was going to be a great revival. So it was seven nights straight of just a phenomenal move of God. We connected with the people in a way that was unusual for going to preach a revival. Um, so preached a revival and went on back. And it wasn't long till that pastor had to move on and, and just got a phone call saying, hey, you you think you may just come and help us uh, get on our feet and get another pastor, you know, while we're in transition? Right. And that's the relationship we built. Yeah. And I said, absolutely. Uh, so I came up, met with the elders, you know, and just kind of talked about what was going on and trying to figure out what a game plan would be. And um, so we had the meeting talk, and I started back to Texas, and God spoke to me and said, you're going to pastor that church. <laughs> and it was, uh, uh, like I told you, we were had deep roots, you know. Our, our kids were still in school and, and younger, you know, two of them. And uh, so it was just a big choice to be made. But I knew in my spirit that God said we would be coming to pastor the church. And sure enough, we got the call of, you know, would you consider and I already knew what the answer was. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Uh, the good thing was in our church, we believe in succession. So I was constantly raising up a pastor under us uh, that was being trained and ready to take the position. There was no, you know, there was no problem for that. Uh, and uh, we drove out of our driveway and left a home and a place that we had established for seven years with my wife with tears streaming down her cheek, hating to leave in one sense, but knowing it was God's will. Yeah. And so that's how he got us here, and they'll bury us here. We know we'll wow. never. We feel like this is where God has planted us. This is this is our vineyard. I, I somewhat remember some of that process. Of course, I was in high school at the time, uh, junior and senior, and it was, you know how those years are. It's crazy you're running, but I remember the whole process. For y'all, it was a process, but for me, it seemed like all of a sudden one day y'all just said, Hey, we're moving. We're going to take this church. And I'm sitting there like, wait, what just happened? You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to, you know, it's my senior year of basketball. Man, it was and just, I mean, it was all that types of things, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely remember that. And Mama was probably most upset because I wasn't going. So mm-hmm. that was probably <laughs> and, and, me being the favorite. And in moves and like this, you know, if you're not careful, you'll glamorize, you know, you, you making commitment and leaving your family and all that. But we can't even take glory for that because God has to put that in you. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't do that because it was quick, you know. Uh, well, leaving you behind, and, of course, Lacey, my oldest daughter, wherever I'm at, she's going to be, so she right. packed up and came. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Whitney, she, she came kicking and screaming. She didn't want to her, leave her friends, of course. So there has to be a deposit of God. Yes, sir. And, you know, and that's one thing I was always afraid of. I had a godly fear that I would not get out of his will. I knew leaving you behind, if I stayed in his will, he would bring you to, uh, or into his will, whether it was here or not. So I don't want to glamorize us making decisions because we quoted the scripture Sunday. It's God that worketh in us to will and to do. Right. And he put it in me and there was no, I couldn't take no credit for it. Mm-hmm. And now... We are the happiest we've ever been in our lives. Wow. And that's the way it is when God calls you. Yes, he sir. puts that in you. Scott, y'all kind of, I mean, not the same story, but, you know, y'all were living, what, in West Monroe when yeah. y'all first joined this church, and y'all made the, yeah, it was that, a process, I remember, yeah, of I getting too. moved here. and I remember that. The sacrifice. I remember of, other things showing up outside. We was out back fixing to leave to go to Mississippi. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And he said, are you sure you're supposed to buy that house? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was it was a God. It was a God. Because yeah. he told us, and, and we said, okay. Right. And now. So, yeah, it's crazy, huh? Now you're here, huh? I know it. <laughs> now you're here. Uh, what are some... I don't... I want to word this right. What are some maybe some changes or even challenges, so to speak, that that you think have been necessary and you know what I mean that have cultivated and created what Life Church has become today that you've seen been through as a church here at Life Church, uh, just in the what seven eight what do y'all nine, nine years. years nine years y'all have been here now. Um, well, that's that's easy. The first, and, of course, there's challenges. You go from glory to glory, there's always challenges. But the greatest challenge, and, and I want to start off with this by saying that it was a change and a challenge that could not have been done without a remnant that was left here at what was coming to Christian Worship Center at that time. Right. There was a remnant of people here then, and that remnant is still here today. Yes, the true remnant. That... They had to buy into it and want it, or it would have never worked. But they were hungry for God. We came here when our first service of that night, we came in, there was 18 people here. Uh, but they was a core group, uh, I could name them all by name, that held this thing together when there was not a leader um, for whatever reason, and that's not for us to go into right. why they, the leaders were gone or whatever. But the greatest challenge was for, for the enemy had attacked this church. And it had, it had went into survival mode and it had gotten introverted. And, and, and they had no choice. They were just trying to hold on and survive yeah. because of rumors in the community and, and things that were probably mostly just the lies of the enemy to destroy a progressive church. 
But anyway, and that's the condition of the church when we come here. Uh, disconnected from the community. Matter of fact, a lot of the remnant told me that a lot of people got to where they were saying, you mean you go to Covenant Christian Worship Center? I can't believe you go to that church. Wow. And they were persecuting them in a sense because of the stigma over this church for whatever reason. And that's where we were. But when we come here, uh, actually, God spoke to me very clearly, almost as clearly as we're talking here in this this right now uh, that I'm not sending you there just to pastor a church I'm sending you there to pastor a community wow. that was very clear to me yes sir and so I knew to do that we had to reconnect and we cast the vision to bring change to where life or coming Christian worship at the time was not the outcast anymore and totally separate the community it was us against them that they were the weird people over on the other side of the river or whatever. And uh, the first thing we did was when we came here, we got a list of all the churches in this community. We got our little remnant together, and we went and bought ribeye steaks. And we invited every pastor to a big meeting. And that little remnant, man, they cooked and served, and they treated them like kings. Wow, that's awesome. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's so amazing to go back and remember that now, uh, that, that I knew for us to be productive, and we'll get into this in another segment in a minute, that we had to reconnect to this community. Uh, and we did. And we did. And like I said, I can't take any credit for that. Uh, you know, a quarterback is only as good as his receiver. Right. I don't care how good he is. His stats is not based on his 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 throw as much as their catch. Wow, that's, that's good. That's real. That's <laughs> real. Uh, he can throw it and throw it and throw it. Well, I threw it and they caught it and they ran with it and they are to be honored because yes, we have what we have because of them. And uh, we started pulling pastors together. Uh, that was one of the first challenges. And we began to love the community. We got involved in everything. If you was doing it, we was going to be there to help you do it. We were going to support your revivals, you know, that it wasn't about life, church. It was about the kingdom of God. And uh, God began to use that group and that mentality to turn it around to where um, we are now, you know, laying all, not being prideful or bragging, we are a go-to church now. That from our sheriff's department, from our schools, I get calls from our sheriff's department, from our schools. Of I heard y'all have these services. We have a need. Can we meet them? Can we bring people to you? Uh, now, nine years later, when people comes into this community, we haven't we have it happen a lot, and they are just destitute, nowhere to stay, no clothes, no food. They can go to other places in this community, and they'll send them to us. Uh, so that was some of the biggest changes right. to where we went from a church with a reputation of ill rapport, if you will, to a reputation to where there's one thing about that church down there, they they love you. <laughs> they love what you. What a compliment. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so important right. to know that you can love and love well, man. Uh, to me, it's vital. Without it, once again, we're talking about family. You don't have a kingdom you don't have the kingdom of god that's right. what I say, kingdom of church uh without it because we preached yesterday the two laws that govern this kingdom is love god and love people so having said that uh as big as that wall was in this community and as big as a challenge and a change that it was love is such a powerful weapon that it destroys every bit of that wow. it destroys everything it started yeah. building trust good rapport with the community um, which brought us to where we are here today. Yes, the second big step on the story. challenge yeah. and changes is that um, God specifically laid it on my heart that we were not a kingdom church if we were not multi-ethnic, that we were still holding on to the past. Right. And so that was another great big change. Uh, that cost us some people, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. It was a change that some people at that point were not ready for because of the 
racism in our community. Right. But God laid us on our hearts, and I remember we started out, like I said, so small. I remember just right on my own, I drove out to um, Anding Heights and some of the what they call the projects of our community, parked my car out on the road and walked from apartment to apartment to apartment, knocking on doors saying, have you got kids? Yes, sir. I, they'd say, yes, sir. I'd say, well, if you'll have them standing right up there, I'll come get them. Hmm. We took a 15-pastor bus that had one person riding on it when I came here that went to about 28 riding on a 15-passenger bus. <laughs> Bring cops listening. With, uh, that with, <laughs> with no exaggeration, yeah. uh, got another 15-passenger bus and loaded it to, it was unreal. <laughs> Kids yeah. standing and sitting on each other until it just began to explode. And, and we bought one school bus, 66 passenger, filled it up to where we couldn't do any more, bought another and filled it up. Uh, and just, in other words, what I'm trying to say is God said go in that direction. And when He did, we did. He just gave us more than we could handle. Yeah. And now we take great pride in that we are a multi ethnic. Yes, sir. Church, because we believe that's what the body of Christ ought to look like. Right. So that was another great big change that's been one of the most productive changes we've made. That's awesome. Let's see. Coming out of that, before we go into the last, our last thing we're going to talk about, I want to go ahead and just because you started talking about the community, what do you consider right now, uh, maybe if you want to say in five years or in two years or whatever, what is your goal for Life Church in this community? Uh, what are, what are you after in that? I mean, I know right now you're talking about walls we went across and ethnic and, and all those types of things. But if you step back and say, this is the effect I want Life Church to have on this community, what is that effect? Well, I think we've summed that up to a certain degree in, in every aspect that we've talked about. Uh, of course, right now, the whole month of January, we've been dealing with first things first. Uh, just preaching on preaching the gospel of the kingdom, uh, which is another aspect that's been demonized in the body of Christ, uh, pushed aside for whatever reason we've overlooked the aspect of the kingdom. The kingdom in a nutshell is actually the very atmosphere of God, the atmosphere of heaven made visible on earth. Right. That's, that's, that's what Jesus said. Pray for the very kingdom of God, His order, His rule, His family, His love, His mercy, His grace, everything that He is. Pray that that be deposited right here on the earth. Yeah. That's my ultimate vision or goal uh, is to see the kingdom of God established here to service a community. Wow. To service a geographical location. What I mean by that? I mean to service Caldwell Parish with a service of heaven. Wow. And so where do you take that? <laughs> with uh, heaven's love, heaven's mercy, heaven's peace, heaven's family, right. yeah, heaven's yes, relationships. Uh, Peter said, I beseech you, brethren, as pilgrim and strangers. And then he goes into talking the lifestyle we're supposed to live. And he had to preface it with, don't forget now, I'm, fin I'm not going to talk to y'all like you're from this world. Wow. You're strangers here, so don't think like them. Huh. See what I'm yes, saying? Uh, yeah, you're on a journey. Yeah, so, so in other <laughs> words, don't, when I start sharing what I'm about to share, I'm beseeching you as pilgrims and strangers, so your point of reference will not be on earth. Your point of reference wow. will be from heaven. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah, real. you see what yeah. I'm saying? So, And that's where we have a hard time. We're still a little carnal, and our point of reference is based on family relationships that's dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. Well, my point of reference puts a bad taste in my mouth. Or my point of reference makes me come to church and not trust you. So he said, okay, guys, I, I want to beseech you I, I, as pilgrims and strangers. And he starts telling you how to live. He starts telling you how employees should act towards employers, that you're supposed to be kind and courteous, not just to those who are good to you, but those who are, you know, that mm -hmm. are, are unfair. And so uh, I don't know if this is being too generic or too vague, but that's what I want Life Church to be is uh, a point of reference that has nothing to do with the world we live in. Wow. A point of reference that if someone wants to know the love of God, I got a point of reference. 
You can see it right down my back. Man, that's, good. that's real. I, I want to know the real grace of God. I got a point of reference that I can put my eyeballs on. I want to know the the mercies of God. Guess what? I got a point of reference. Yeah. Mm. Uh, matter of fact, you know, we're still a small community, so I can say this. One of the, one of the few. I'm not saying we're the only. We're the, one of the few that it doesn't matter what your background is. You can walk into Life Church and look around and find a point of reference. Wow. Yes, sir. See what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You can come in and be have gauges in your ears or tattoos or, or, or whatever, and it's not about physical appearance, but not fit, walk in and say, oh, my God, I don't fit in here. Yeah. Everybody's cookie yeah. cutter. They're dressed like this. They look like this. Yeah. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. That's heaven, man. Diversity. That's, the diversity. Thank yeah. you. That's the word I'm looking for. That's what I want Life Church to be to where – because when you walk into a building, you know, this size and this many people, number one, you're intimidated. Right. And then you're super intimidated if there's not someone like-minded who at least looks like I look. Or, <laughs> yeah. or I can walk in and say, hey, I used to sell buy crack from that person. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Really. Uh, so they know where I'm coming from. That's, that's the diversity of the right. kingdom that I want here. We don't want people to come in here and conform to my physical image, appearance, yeah. image. Thank you. Uh, we don't want to be drawn to that. What we want them to conform to mm, is good. the spirit coming out of the image, right? Which is the expression of Christ. It's the expression yeah. of Jesus Christ. I think that diversity is even, you know, like you kind of mentioned, it's even so much broader than the look, but. You'd be hard pressed to come in here with any background and not see that testimony sitting. My point. You know what I mean? If you came from a drug background or alcoholic or abusive or homosexual or any of those types of things, you know what I mean? You're gonna come in here and see the testimony of someone that's already been through what mm -hmm. you've been through. You know what I mean? Uh, and to me, that's one of the exciting things is you have these new people coming in and stuff, and and you hear that sometimes. Man, I remember when they used to and fill in the blank. You know, uh, that's the so. good part though. Is it reminds me of that scripture, and you'll know it. Uh, so many great a cloud of witnesses. What is mm -hmm. that scripture? Hebrews chapter number twelve. That is such a good scripture. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, expound. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the scripture. Okay, but the, that's so powerful. But we have so many. There's so many that walk before us that we can draw from. Right. To me, that's what that means. Is exactly I got, what it means. So yeah. when people come in, they can look and be like, "Man, nobody here is an old rocker that used to bar scene." <laughs> look, there's one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, man, how do you, how do how do we how do we deal with this? Uh -huh. And you can tell them, look, man, this is this has been my walk, and it's building relationships, like you're saying. Right. It's real uh, faith. Let me let me build on that, Scott. Do it. It's so powerful. <laughs> uh, wherefore we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside yeah. the weight and run with patience. In other words, when we come into church, sometimes we feel like our devil is unique. Yeah. Like nobody I, else. My demon yeah. is unique. You yeah. know, uh, who fights the battle? I fight. But what's powerful is what you just said. I just saw it so clear. When they walk in and see someone as had, well, that gives me the power to lay aside my weight. Mm, that's yeah. good. In other words, yeah. here's a witness. Yeah. There's my point of See, it's all coming back to point of reference. Right. There's my physical flesh and blood point of reference. I can't see God until I look at you. Yeah. That, so back to your yeah. question. That's what we want to create here. Wow. And, and let's throw this in here. On the day of Pentecost... They had come from all yeah. over the, the nations. I don't know how far, but they had came so far that they were speaking different languages. They had different cultures. They had different habits. They had different mindsets. Right. But when the Spirit of God fell on the day of Pentecost, they all came out speaking a language everybody could relate to. Wow. What I'm that. saying wow. is a kingdom-minded church is a church that I don't care where you come from. Yeah. You come in this church, you're going to be able to hear your language. Man, that's In so other good. words, you're not going to accept our saying, man, I can't relate to these people. They was people who all different languages, and they was just relating. And they was relating because all the 120 was operating by the Spirit of God. Right. Yeah. That's what's good. That's, That's what really we need good. to go into the segment about. They were operating by the Spirit of God, so no one was left out. That yeah, guy from over there speaking Arabic and, and everything in the world, <laughs> you know what? 
I'm getting a message from God in my own language. It's How like powerful you, is that? When you see that kingdom, it, to me, it all points back to that kingdom reference, though. The now kingdom not, is the word. Yeah, now we're not we're not referring to each other as individuals anymore. Oh, where You're starting to see from this kingdom point of view. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's like God's starting to... and it, you. Don't get me wrong. You can't do any of it without God. Right. You can have the best relationships, the best communication, the best vulnerabilities, the best all of it. But without God, right in the center, breathing on every bit of it. Right. I don't. It's important to me to note that that that's been the the big thing with first things first. I think, and God leading you in that direction yeah. is. Yeah. Now we got all this going on, but let's let's look because this is kingdom. Right. This is not. Something somebody did. This is kingdom. This is God's way of doing it. This is, and now you get all these minds starting to think alike. And Scott, that's so powerful because it reminds me of scripture. It says that that now we are one blood in one nation. So as diverse as we are, remember was talking about what ago about brothers. We got we got the same blood. We got a bloodline that is diverse or diversified as we are as a body. We're now united. Yeah. With one, one blood. blood. Man, that's, that's good. One nation. Right. Not just one blood. One nation, meaning, uh, and it's showing the power of diversity that, Scott, you still wear gauges and got a, a man bun or whatever that is on your head. <laughs> and see, it wasn't about you changing any of that. Yeah. But it was about your spirit changing. Absolutely. Because now the spirits are connected, and we're so one that I'm not sitting in here over here with another national nationality mindset judging you. Yeah. Why? Because we're one nation. In the spirit, by the spirit. That's why you can walk in these doors and not feel condemned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe one one time we need to share the testimony of Scott Bamberg of how Mm -hmm. God brought him with his background and put him in a place to where he could belong before he become. Right. Yeah. That's that's real. And it it builds such a level of faith. We've been talking about the power of testimony so mm-hmm. much lately, you know. And if you think about that, say somebody comes in with a back their back's hurting. Well, Sunday before last, we had we had uh Russ got up there and shared the testimony of God healing his back. Well, if you're sitting in the crowd and you have back problems, when you hear that testimony, all of a sudden it's created a faith in you that Hebrews 12. If he healed his back, mm-hmm. he can heal my back. Well, to me yeah. it's the same thing with your your background. If you come in and cool. you were addicted to drugs cool. and you hear somebody give their testimony of God delivered from, all of a sudden you have a faith to where, man, if he brought them out of it, he yeah. can bring me out of it. And to me, me personally, looking at life church as a whole, that's what's exciting. That you come in here, you're bound to hear a testimony that sounds just like yours. You yeah. know what I mean? You're bound to hear somebody that's been through what you went through and it builds a level of faith that maybe you weren't able to muster up. You know what I mean? Without that testimony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so And knowing that you have well a culture put, here. I like that. Like the culture here is is that of which the Bible says that there's no respecter of person. Right. So you can connect yourself with that testimony. Because mm-hmm. it's like, look, if he did it for him, he'll do it for me. Right. Because God's no respecter of person. He loves everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's uh, good. good scripture reference that thing, I think, is legion. Uh, Legion, uh, they couldn't do nothing with him in the city. He was demon-possessed. They tied him in the graveyards, and he'd break the rocks, ran naked, just just demonized. Uh, but, of course, you know, when Jesus came, he fell at Christ's feet. He was so totally delivered, and when they came out, they found him in his right mind. Well, when Jesus got ready to leave, he wanted to go with Jesus. That was in a different plum across, you know, on the other side of the ocean there. And uh, Jesus, to me, made a profound statement when he told him, so no, you need to go back to where you came from. Oh, wow. You see what I'm saying? In other words, those people know you. If you come go with me and leave that that What a witness they would have lost. That's what I'm saying. People, when you follow me around, yeah, you can be a witness, but not the witness if I leave you there. Wow. And a lot of people feel like when they come out of something, they have to leave and get away from. When in reality, that can be the greatest point of reference we keep talking about of Legion coming back and showing up at the Sabbath on the next Sunday, sitting there in his right mind, yeah. opening yeah. up the book of Isaiah and reading behind some <laughs> to me, it, To me, it's the same with the story of Lazarus. After Lazarus raised from the dead, it talked oh, about man, the whole city was just turned to faith how? when they would see him just walking. See him walking. Yeah. But if he would have left and went to another place, they he was just Lazarus. another man, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, that's so awesome. What you said was so good and that our our 
you know, our dark backgrounds becomes the greatest platforms right. for our God to be glorified. Yeah. So it's good. I'll tell you what, we're going to have to wrap this thing up, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do one thing. Just, I don't mean to call you out on the carpet, but just a right now for somebody that's listening who's listening to us talk about family. We've talked about the culture here. We've talked about relationships. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe just just what would you share with that person now for where they're at, even if it has to do with what you're teaching right now in the kingdom. You know what I mean? Just Just for the people that are listening, that you would just bless them right now, that you feel like this is something they need to take home with them. Does that make sense? Uh, just what would you share right now in this moment? Maybe for those that may be struggling. Maybe for those that may be, maybe they don't connect with the culture, or maybe they don't connect yeah. with certain things. What would you say to that person? You're talking about the culture of the church? Yeah. Or just what we the culture we've discussed in this podcast. Maybe they don't feel connected to the family of the church, which I don't see, but maybe there is. Maybe there's somebody dealing with that. Right. What would you pour into them right now well I guess you know maybe my admonition or exhortation or or whatever at this point would be that um, there is a shift there is a shift in the body of Christ as a whole I guarantee what we're sitting here in this room today talking about is being talked about Absolutely. In churches all across the right. nation, there's preachers' sermons coming out that that is reestablishing what we started off family. Right. God is reestablishing. This is what He started with. Yeah. Let us create them mm-hmm. in our image, in our likeness. Let's let them be fruitful and multiply, and let them have dominion. Dominion begins with family. Wow, that's good. So if the family disintegrates, dominion disintegrates with it. And Peter teaches us, my strongest point of dominion as a husband is when I'm united with my wife. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, he said the grace is received jointly. So if I'm not connected, then I'm losing my ability to receive the fullness of the grace of God. Wow. So my, you know, if I've understood the question right, I think my admonition to, uh, to the body of Christ right now is don't settle for anything less than a family, how can I say this, than the family that was instituted by God himself. Wow, that's good. Now here's another word of encouragement I think what you're looking for. Is because of dysfunctional backgrounds, because of insecurities, it's sometimes hard for us to embrace what we know is right. And we'll find ourselves in churches and uh, and and we're still standing on the outskirts. Yeah. I would encourage you, press your way into this family. Yes. Press your way into this family because you're born into this family. And sometimes maybe we're, we're waiting on someone to do the pulling when we ought to want it so bad we're doing the pushing. Right. That's good. See what I'm saying? Now it is the, 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 uh, I'm not releasing the responsibility off the family for pulling brothers and sisters in, but still there is a requirement. There's a requirement if you want to be healed. If any sick among you, let him call. Right. Right? Yeah. On the elders of the church. But in other words, it's it's a responsibility you have. So I want to encourage someone who may feel like they're not truly connected to the family. I just want to challenge you. It may not be what the devil's telling you that they don't want you to be a part of the family. Yeah, that's good. It may be that God's requiring you to say, I want this family so bad, I'm going to push. Wow. That's good. And I'm, yeah. Because here's the deal before we get away from this. It's really a rehabilitation for you is something that needs to be broken in you that yeah. will not be broken if I grab you pull you in and I'm just holding you here on my hip like a child mm-hmm. but if you have to push through it you're going to break some things in your own life yeah wow. so I, I think that's a word right now the Holy Spirit has given us to give to to anybody that may be listening don't buy the lie that I don't fit in 
That's good. Don't buy the lie that, you know, I, I'm just not like them. And begin to push your way to family. I want to give you a scripture. I know we need to close. Luke 16, 16 says, uh, Up until now, the kingdom uh, had the law and the prophets. But now the gospel of the kingdom is being preached and every man presses his way into it. Uh, so there is a point in all of our lives where we got to push through. You're not really pushing your way into something. You're pushing your way out of something. Wow. That's good. Right. You're pushing your that way makes, yeah. out of insecurity. Breaking walls. You're breaking walls. Yeah. Thank you. You're you're and it's necessary for you to do that. Yes, so um and 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 if I may be so bold that if someone's listening that um uh, that may be a part of a body that has not grasped this concept. There's two options that I think you need to think about and pray about. Number one is we believe you're wherever you're at for a reason yeah. and a purpose. Not to embrace the status quo, uh, but to be used by God to begin to push the body you're a part of to this kingdom-minded, family-oriented yeah. atmosphere. This is my first uh, level of advice. Work hard, pray hard, seek God, pull like-minded people around you. Start pushing towards the whole genius of God in the family concept we started this with. And push, 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 push. And as a last resort, if that body cannot go there, you have to go there. What I mean by that is you got to find that place yeah. to where... The, the biblical family principles are being operated and promoted because you'll never grow wow. without it. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's good. Wow. That's good Today stuff. has been rich. <laughs> Wasn't so it's bad, was it? Wasn't been so good. bad, was it? Good. <laughs> uh, Speaking well, of pressing in, you had to press in to even get in here and talk. That's right. <laughs> I was totally uncomfortable with this setting, but it's been really rich. I've yeah, enjoyed it. Once again, I felt like us three have just built some relational capital. Right. right. I feel like now y'all know me more and we know each other more. And the other thing that's really so powerful about this, uh, uh, I love the statement that corporately, together we behold the glory of our God. Yeah. Today... Yes, we would take scriptures that you saw from a different perspective and you would... Yeah, that's good. You was right. adding fuel to my fire. Yeah. So which is another reason. Look at this little small group and what has come out of it today. Right. So That's good. We Very encourage good. that. Power. Yeah. Yes, we do. Find you a group. Get plugged yeah. in. Find your people. Find your purpose, right? Awesome. And, and, and I know we're closing, but there is another principle of that. <laughs> to go with this at last word of encouragement and admonition... Um, there was a woman that famine had come and uh, they were going to sell her children to cover her debt. Yeah. And she went to the prophet and asked him what to do, of course. And uh, he said, go gather vessels. But he said something very powerful. Gather empty vessels. In other words, I want you to go borrow some structure. But I don't want their content. I'm going to give you your own content. That's good. Wow, that word. Yeah, so you, got, you don't want to go... We need to go borrow vessels from where it's working. Yeah. Right. And maybe we're talking to somebody that says, you know what, I just need to see where it's working and bring it back. But let me encourage you. We go wrong when we go borrow the vessel full of their stuff mm -hmm. because their stuff may not work well in my area. Yeah. That's good. But their structure will. And here's another reason that's dangerous because God wants to give me my own anointing, yeah. wisdom, right. and direction, but I just need... You to get me kick-started with your empty vessel. So you're giving me a little structure, but I'm going to bring it back here, and we're going to pray, okay, God, I got a little structure now. You pour feel into it. it what works for my yeah, area. Feel it. So that's what I have always done. In every ministry I've ever started uh, in drug rehabs, I flew all the way to California to look at structure because yeah. I, believe, I don't believe you have to invent the wheel. I believe you can glean from wisdom. Yeah. But the we we lose when we try to take their cookie cutter and bring it with me. Right. But yeah. you can bring structure. I think you place false expectations on yourself when you do that. You do and you want their result and you think that everything that you institute there, if it's exactly the same, mm -hmm. you'll have the same result. When it ain't when it ain't that you're dealing with a different right. group. I mean it's 
God knows best. Mm-hmm. So that's that's. So it's good. it's good to if I'm just not I just want more. Well, go find it where they're doing what you want. Mm-hmm. We do that here. Yeah. Y'all do it. You've been to California. Yeah. And and glean from it and come back, but but realize God don't want you to imitate them. You have your own. Yeah. purpose and plan and just have some structure of okay this is how it's working for them but let the Holy Spirit fill us with the uh, what's applicable to our geographical location that's good very good yeah that's good awesome man it's been good it's been great uh, thank you all for listening this is Life Church Connect series uh, stay connected we'll be having more leaders come through sharing their heart and their vision and connecting everybody here at Life Church and abroad Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Connect series. For more information, visit lifechurchofcolumbia.org.